want to continue with our theme around listening. January 28 is, you've got um, the Israelites coming out of Egypt and heading towards the promised land. And in between, um, God starts to speak to Moses and gives him a whole lot of rules, guidelines, ways of living. And the middle of it, you get Deuteronomy 28, which is, talks about the blessings and the curses. And, and all around here, he's talking about, look, if you do this, then you're really bringing a curse on yourself. If you do this, you're bringing a curse on yourself. But if you do these things, then you bring a blessing on yourself. And it's not, you can read this whole section and it's like, you know, God's up there cursing everybody for, for stuffing up and he's looking at, you know, throwing lightning bolts and he just wants to discipline and make life difficult. And that's where that thinking comes out of, but it's not that at all. What God says is, hey, if you live this way, then you're stepping into my blessing. If you don't live this way, you're stepping out of my blessing. And if you step out of blessing, then that means no blessing, right? And the opposite of the blessing is cursing, right? So you either, it's a bit like um, you're out in the ocean and there's a big ocean liner and around the ocean liner are a whole lot of sharks. Now, if you're inside the ocean liner, then the shark can't touch you, right? It's not rocket science, guys. Not a trick question. If you're inside the ocean liner, on the ocean liner, then the shark can't touch you, right? I don't know if you've ever seen an ocean liner, but there's a lot of distance between like the first deck and the water. And I don't know how much you know about sharks. You know, take jaws aside, you know. Sharks can't actually jump that high. And they actually require water to survive. Sorry? Shark, no, no. It's still in water, so it's it's a spout of water. (laughs) But you take a shark out of water and it will die, right? Because it's a fish, yeah? I I just love the level of engagement we have going there. You're buying, and obviously your knowledge about sharks. Maybe we should do some education about sharks, you know. <laughs> yeah. Has anyone here ever been bitten by a shark when they're outside the water? Has anyone heard of someone being bitten by a shark when they're out of the water? Yes. There's always one. Right? <laughs> that, that's that that's stupid person who caught a shark in a little tinny with them, and then flops around and bit them, right? <laughs> but generally... If you're out of the water, sharks do not bite you, right? So if you're on the ocean liner, the shark won't touch you. But if you go, hey, you know what? I'm going to jump off this ocean liner. I'll pay this massive fare to be on and enjoy this trip and jump into the shark-infested water. What happens? There's a really good chance you're going to get by the shark. And now you can get upset with the ocean liner company because you got bitten by the shark. But the bottom line is you jumped off the ocean liner. That they provided the positive blessing environments, the pools to swim in, the food, the luxury cabins, all the entertainments, all the good things, 
And you chose to jump off into the water. That's how it is with God. God has provided this blessing. He's provided this place of goodness. And when you're on his ocean liner and you go by the rules of the ocean liner, you get to enjoy the ocean liner. But if you think you know better and you jump off the ocean liner, then God is no longer responsible because you've stepped outside of his will. Yeah? So you can't complain when the shark bites because you jumped in the water. Yeah? That's what the blessings and the curses are about. It's not God up there going, here's all these curses. What he's saying is, hey, if you live the way I show you how to live, then you'll step into my blessing. But if you choose not to, well, then I actually can't help you. Does that make sense? So one of the keys <coughs> to that, verse 28, verse 2, says, And all these blessings will come on you and overtake you. Don't you love that? God doesn't just bless you. He says, I'm going to bless you so much, it's going to overtake you. It's going to overwhelm you. It's going to be more than you can handle. Anyone in the more you can handle stage yet? We need to get there, right? So how do you get there? You see, we often get the blessings and we, we confess the blessings and we speak the blessings, and, 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 but we miss the key point to actually activating the blessing. Because the key point is in the next bit. If you listen to the voice of the Lord your God, So all these blessings will come on you and overtake you if you listen to the voice of your God. Let's go over to James. One end of the Bible to the other, just about. James is after Hebrews, so towards the end. James chapter 1 and verse 22. James chapter 1, verse 22. We're almost there. When you got there, say, Jesus loves me. Such conviction. (laughs) And James says, be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he's like a man viewing his natural face in the mirror. He views himself and then goes his way and immediately forgets what kind of man he was. But whoever looks into the perfect law of liberty and continues in it, and is not forgetful hearer but a doer of the work, this man will be what? Blessed in his deeds. If anyone among you seems to be religious and does not bridle his own tongue but deceives his own heart, this man's religion is in vain. So James is saying, you know what, you can... Hear the word of God, but if you don't do it, you're like someone who walks and looks in the mirror and makes himself look all pretty and so on. They walks away in the mirror and go, what do I look like? And forgets what they look like. You know, did I do my hair? Did I brush my teeth? 
Have you ever done that? You get in the car and go, did I do this? Is the iron still on? All those thoughts that start going around. James says we're like that. We're like someone who, who sees themselves and then forgets what we look like. And it's the same with the Word of God. If you, you can hear the Word of God, but if you don't actually do it, then it's pointless. It's like if you're sitting there and you had a $200 bill and you don't know how to pay it. And I walked up to you and gave you $200 in an envelope and you never opened the envelope. Then what that $200 in an envelope is absolutely pointless, isn't it? Yeah? It's the same. That if you hear the word of God but you don't listen. You know, this is with kids. They hear you. But they're not always listening. It's just noise. We'll stick with kids, you know, just a slight distance away, right? But it is with anybody. You know, God speaks to you and we hear him, but do we actually listen? Have you ever had a thing that you're worried about and you're stressing about? And you go to God and you go in prayer and God speaks to you and he speaks out of his word, but he speaks into your heart and you, and you hear it, but you're not really listening because you don't take it in. And you walk away still worrying. He says, look, if you want to live in my blessing, then you have to live my way. And you can't just be a hearer, you need to be a listener and a doer. So let me give you three quick points. Spin back around. Because <clears throat> I've discovered over the year that people come and, you know, they come with problems and issues and, you know, when you're a pastor and so on, they want someone to talk about and they want to talk about and they want to have a response. They want some assistance. They want some godly counsel. And so when people come and talk to us, Dale and I like to think that we actually hear from God and then actually can share that with people that come and talk to us. Right? And it's really important that you not just hear but you act. I can remember when um, we first got married and Dale was pregnant with Anna and she had a miscarriage and so and she started having a bleed with Anna and she had to actually stop work. And, you know, we were all of 19, 20. You know, wages were just so wonderful. We're in a town where the average rent is comparable to what rents are today. That's how high they were. And that was 28 years ago. And as a 20-year-old working for a bank, they don't pay you a lot. And we were really struggling. And the house we were in, we had to move out of, and we really had nowhere to go. We'd actually gone to the bank because they had houses that they had for staff and they wouldn't give us one for whatever reason, um, we couldn't afford to rent. We tried to buy. We just couldn't get a loan. We didn't have any money. We had nothing. And it was going to God going, I don't know what to do because if this keeps happening, I'm either going to move into the back room of my parents. I love my parents, but when you're married, I don't want to live in their back room. Or we're just going to be out in the street. And God said to me, I want you to go and talk to this guy in our church. And I thought, I don't want to go and see that guy. 
he was an elder in our church, and God just kept telling me, go and see him, go and see him. I'm thinking, why? You know, it's just telling my problem over again. You know, what's he going to do about it? God said to me, go and see this guy. See, it pays to listen. So we did. Rang him up and said, can we come and see you? And he said, yeah, a couple of days. A couple of days later, we went down and had a coffee with him. And look, I said, look, I'm not expectation. I just really feel we need to talk to somebody. So are you okay if we just let you know this is what we're going through? You know, I don't like to tell everybody my issues. I like to tell God and let God sort it out, right? And do what he says. And so we just said to him, look, this is our situation. This is what we're doing. And over the half an hour, he asked us a lot of questions and, and so on. And we went through this whole process of just outlaying where we were in life, that we really had nowhere to go. And at the end of about half an hour, 40 minutes, he said, look, I'm going to pray with you guys before you go, but I can't let you go without helping out in some way. And he said you know, would you like to buy your own house? And I said, well, that would be our ideal. He said, well, I'll tell you what. Give me a couple of weeks and I'll have $10,000 for you. And he wasn't loaning us $10,000. He was giving us $10,000. You see, God knew. And because he'd established that we weren't coming asking for money, we were just coming to talk, that when you actually follow the counsel of God... When you follow his advice, he actually works it out. Was it logical to go and see this guy and have this conversation? Absolutely not. He wasn't even someone that we knew that well. But it was about stepping into and doing what God says to do. You see, the blessing of God comes when you do what he says. You see, God looked at us and he knew that we were tithers. And because we were tithers, that put us under that blessing automatically. He knew that every day we would get up, we would read his word, we would spend time in prayer, that we served in the church we were a part of, that we did the things he'd asked us to do. And that positioned us to receive that blessing. You see, sometimes we're looking for this amazing out there thing, but we're not actually doing the essentials every day. Because I've discovered that walking in the blessing is actually a daily walk, not an event walk. Yeah? Yeah, it's a bit like, um, you know, this time of the year they start to roll out the, you know, walk around the bridges and the city to surf and, and all the sort of, you know, colour runs and all the fun runs and things and the fundraising and so on. And people start going, oh, yeah, or doing the triathlon starts to roll out. People go, oh, yeah, I'm going to do this, you know, I'm going to get fit. And it's there once a year, 4K, 10K, whatever it is thing. And they do that and then don't exercise the rest of the year. That's not a healthy way to live. Because your body sort of goes through this massive strain for a few hours while you do the event And maybe a couple of weeks leading up to the event, well, you think, gee, I probably should get a little bit fitter before I go and do it. And then we go back to our old lifestyle and wonder why we're not fit and healthy and so on because we ran for a couple of weeks. But if you really want to be fit and healthy, then it's about being consistent, isn't it? It's about eating right every day. It's about exercising regularly. And regularly is not once a year. 
But it's that day in, day out activity. And it's the same with our walk with God and listening to him. You really want to know the voice of God, then it's a daily walk with him. And it's not just that walk of listening, it's actually acting upon what he says. So, things I've learned when people come for counselling or just to have a chat. First off, seek godly wisdom. If you have an issue in your life, you've got a challenge in your life, things aren't going as you expect, seek godly wisdom. And God will speak to you in three main ways. Advice from people who hear from God. Right? Listen to what people who hear from God actually say and then actually do it. Not people who have an opinion or even people who maybe rock into church but there's no real fruit in their life. I like to get advice from people who actually I see consistent fruit. They're the ones I want to listen to because I know they're hearing from God and they actually act upon what he says. All right? So the first one is advice from people who hear from God. Secondly, God can speak to you directly, just like we heard Samuel today. He will speak. You'll hear him down here. You hear it in your mind. You know that it's God. Now, this is where you've got to be careful. Sometimes you think you hear from God because you hear what you want to hear, and so you run away and do that. And the problem often when we hear this is then we presume we know how that happens. And God spoke something, but it's not. We interpret it through our little framework and run off and do it. Yeah? Because we think that's how it works. When God speaks, sometimes it pays to stop and actually go, what are you actually saying here? Not, what do I think this means? Big difference. And the third way God speaks is through his word. Yeah? So then the second step is when you have God speak to you, whether it's through godly counsel, whether it's him speaking directly, whether it's through the Bible, and if you're unsure, then get it checked out. Now don't be like one couple I heard who won lotto, And they thought, we want to do the right thing with our money. So they went to a financial planner. And his financial advisor went through all this stuff and they said, no, we don't like that plan. So they went to another one. And he went through them and gave them this detailed plan on what they should do with their money. We think, no, they said, no, we don't think that's a good thing to do. They went to the third one and he gave them a plan that was similar to the second and the first one. They went through seven financial planners until they came to one finally who actually said to them, look, just take your money and go and have fun with it. And they liked that advice and they went and did it. And the money was gone within 12 months. Because they were looking for someone who would agree with them. How often do that with God? That we go into God and go, God, and we don't want to hear God's will, we want to convince God of our will. Yeah? Yeah? and our way of doing it, and our way of making it happen. The thing about listening to God is actually, what is his will, what is his way, and coming in line with what he's doing. It's like being on that ocean line we talked about and going, I want to go for a swim, and there's a pool there that you can swim in, but no, you want to jump into the shark-infested water. The captain of the boat is not going to agree with you. 
You know, no, we're not going to throw you overboard and let you swim in with the sharks just because you want to go for a swim. There's a perfectly good pool there on the deck for you to swim in. But we do that with God. We try and convince him to do it our way. No, when you go and do it, when you seek advice, seek it from people you respect who you know hear from God. So the second step, once you have your God advice, very quickly, is then to start to say what God says. This is really important, the words we speak. We need to change what we say to what God's word says about a situation. And this is really overlooked by most Christians because we start to talk about the problem rather than talking the solution that God's given us. You see, when you come and you pray, say you've got a financial need or there's a relationship issue or a work issue, whatever it is, and you come and you bring that issue to God. And God says, I've got this. This is what you need to do. This is how you handle that. I'll provide your needs. Don't stress about it. Don't worry about it. How often do we walk away and then start talking about the problem? Or how unwell we are? Or how much of an issue is? And we start to worry. You know, worry is a sin. Because worry says, God can't handle this. I have to stress about it. My logic is, if God's worried about it, then I don't have to be. Yeah? Yeah? During um, World War II, there was a lady who was in, um, in a certain area and they used to all go down to the bomb shelter and so on. And they noticed halfway through the war that this lady was no longer coming into the bomb shelter. And they thought, oh, maybe she's moved out to the country or you know, maybe she's actually died. You know, or she's in hospital or something. And They'd always talk about this in the bomb shelter because you know, standing there while the bombs are going off and not much else to do. So they talk about people. Anyway, a couple of weeks later, one of the guys walking down the street and he saw this lady. And he rushed over to her and he says, oh, have you been, been away in the country? She said, no. Oh, have you been unwell in the hospital? No, no, I've been fine. So you've moved houses? She goes, no, I'm still in my apartment. And he says to her, then we don't ever see you in the bomb shelter. I mean, you know, can you not hear the siren? She goes, oh, yeah, I hear the siren. And I just go back to sleep. He says, you what? She says, I go back to sleep. She says, how can you do that? There's bombs raining around. She says, well, I figure that God did the slumbers or sleep, so one of us should get some rest. Because she had a revelation from God that he would protect her and keep her. And she said, I found that I couldn't do what he was asking me to do during the day because I was always tired from going down the bomb shelter. So he gave her a word that she went into peace. And so she would sleep and he would protect. Your logic goes, oh, that's really stupid, that's really dumb. When you get a word from God, it's not dumb. She chose to believe it. She moved into faith in that. I remember Jesse Duplantis Ministries talking about Hurricane Katrina because they're based in New Orleans. And he said, this, this hurricane's coming straight towards them. 
And he said they had to evacuate, and so they got all their staff and evacuated. And he said he stood outside his, his um, ministry headquarters, and he said to God, Well, God, you said you'd protect all that's ours. You said that we're under the blessing. So he said, Devil, I'm giving you notice. You touch one plant on this site. He said, and we're coming back for a thousandfold or anything you steal. Because that's what the word of God says. He said, those trees cost me $200. They're very important. <laughs> and he said, they packed up and went. They said, they came back and all around them was this devastation. He said, not a plant on their site was out of place. The whole site was perfect. He said it just gave them the ability to be able to minister into their whole community because they had a base to do it from. You see, that's what happens when you get the word of God and you speak it. Now, they could have gone in the middle of the hurricane and gone, oh, I hope everything's all right. I hope the building's going to be okay. I hope everything's still standing. Because that's fear. But he didn't. He went to the word of God. He got a revelation from God and he spoke that over the site. And that's what you need to do. You know, your financial bills may be piling up. You may be feeling ill or relationship going through issues. You need to face up to it and go, you know what? I'm doing all I can do. I'm a tither. I'm a giver. I'm doing the right things and keeping my life healthy. I'm dealing with my anger or whatever it is in your relationship situation. And so you start to speak the word of God over your situation. And you speak into your relationship and you speak into your finances and you speak into your health and say, this is what the Word of God says. It's not about denying the situation you're in. It's about bringing the Word of God into it. You see, you can listen to the Word of God, but then you've got to speak the Word of God. And if you keep speaking the opposite, you empower, you disempower God to work. It's like sitting on the ocean liner and going, I'm worried about the sharks. I'm really afraid the sharks will get me. And so you sit on the deck, trembling, not doing anything because you're worried about the sharks. The sharks have as much power as the financial situation has over you, or sickness has over you, or broken relationships has over you, if you stay in the Word of God. And you speak the word of God. It's not about putting your head in the sand because you need to act on what God tells you to do. But it's going, you know what? I see this coming, but I know my God is bigger. It's like David running out to Goliath and going, oh gee, he's big. Instead it was like, doesn't matter how big he is, my God's bigger. See, it's not denying the situation, it's putting God into that situation. Gee, that bill may be big, but my God's bigger. And I'm a tither and I'm a giver, so therefore that bill's taken care of. You know, my body may be aching, but that's changing because I serve a God who's healed me. And by the stripes of Jesus, I'm healed and made whole. Yeah? You take the word of God and you beat it. And the third thing is, do whatever he tells you to do. The amount of people that come and they ask for advice and you sit there and you give them a plan and they walk out and they don't like it because it doesn't instantly solve their situation. And we do that with God. We need to be consistent. Real change comes through consistency. The Bible says, you know, if you're thinking, 
you know, I'm not living in a wealthy lifestyle, I'm actually going, struggling from paycheck to paycheck, then change how you handle your money. Proverbs says, little by little, great wealth is built. Do you know why little by little? Because if it comes in great amounts and you don't have the wisdom to handle it, you're going to lose it. And then you're going to feel even worse. So most people who win lotto are in the same situation or worse within 18 months because they don't know how to handle money. <coughs> They've said, I think I've said this before, but they said if, some, if you suddenly had $20 million in your bank account, it would take you about 12 months to change your mindset on how to handle that money. Because you would still operate at the level you're at. I know when I train in leadership and I get new people, people who are just you know, promoted into a management position or a leadership position, it takes about six to 12 months of training to get them to change their mindset from I'm just a worker to I'm actually a leader or a manager. It doesn't happen overnight just because you're in that situation. David was the same. He gets anointed king, he actually becomes king, but he's still operating like he isn't king. And it took him a couple of years to actually get to the point where he realised, hey, I'm king. And changed how he operated. You can read it through his story. He gets this revelation, suddenly the light goes on. And I do it with leaders and managers, you know, the light goes on one day when they go from operating think, operational thinking to strategic thinking. And they suddenly start thinking a bit bigger. And the light goes on. They look at me and go, I can't unsee it anymore. And that's how it is with God. If God tells you to do something, then do it. And do it consistently. And keep doing it until it changes your mindset. Because he's trying to change how you think. When you get good advice, you need to stay consistent in it. And consistent in it. And consistent in it. If you're facing a health issue, then stay consistent in that healing. Keep speaking the word of God and doing the right thing to your body. There are people that come for healing, but they refuse to exercise. They refuse to eat better and wonder why they keep going around this cycle. Or they're in financial difficulties and you give counsel on how to handle that, but they just don't do it. And they're still in that same situation. It's one thing to listen, it's another thing to do. And we're talking about words all this week. You know, God's been putting, I mean, Dale's been putting stuff on, um, you know, on word faith about watching the words we speak and so on. That's a consistent habit. It's not like, gee, for this hour I'm not going to say anything negative. It's, you know what, I'm no longer going to be sarcastic. And if I step back into that, I'm going to step back out of it. I'm going to speak words of life and encouragement and building up and healing. That's what listening to God is. Now let me finish with the story of Samuel. You know, why did God speak to Samuel and not Eli's sons? Eli's sons knew the word of God. They knew what God expected of them. They heard it, but they didn't really listen, so they didn't really do it. And it cost them their life. Samuel had that same upbringing. The same father in Eli. But he chose to do it day in and day out. And so he became one of the most powerful people in that nation at that time through his consistently 
doing what God said. It's actually your choice. You may be hearing, but are you really listening? And if you're really listening, then you'll start doing. Day in, day out, whether you feel like it or not. That's where the blessing lies. In that consistency of doing what God says. He's giving you that stuff so that you can walk in blessing and avoid the sharks. But if you keep jumping off the boat, you have to keep fighting the sharks. Yeah? Let's pray. Father, I want to thank you for your word. I want to thank you that you do speak to us, that you're not a dead God, you're a living God. You're a powerful God. That you have blessing and favour for us. And that, Father, you've shown us how to walk in that blessing, how to walk in that favour. Father, I pray, refresh your word to us. Refresh your promises to us. And Holy Spirit, encourage us to walk in them consistently. To guard our mouths. To speak your truth and life. To be the change on this earth that you want, who called us to be. To be that light. We thank you that you love us. That you have goodness for us. In Jesus' name. Amen.